Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. For everyone clocking those late-night DFS hours, this is our night shift episode for NFL Week Number 12. We'll break down the Sunday and Monday night football DFS slates, as well as the Black Friday DFS slate. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, of the Action Network, and we are recording extra early this week because of Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving, to you all. And uh, we're definitely thankful for everyone tuning in. And if you're looking for us talking about uh, all of the Thanksgiving action, our full fantasy preview episode, that's out right now. That's where we break down the Thanksgiving slate. So here we're doing Friday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, And here to help me break it all down, one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I I mean, I'm always excited for the three game thanksgiving slate every year love it um but now we also get black friday afternoon football what what is it? is this the first friday game we've had there might have been one during covid if i'm not mistaken oh, maybe that yeah, was a maybe. tuesday i forget but yeah something weird happened yeah but i think this, this is the first friday game first scheduled one at least yeah, yeah <laughs> well i love um, it though i love that we get uh some friday action as well yeah, and uh, we got the high-flying Dolphin offense uh, taking on the Jets. And before we get to that, I just want to remind everyone, Action Network's Discord server, uh, if you want to join, just check the link in the episode description. I know Sean is on there, uh, very active, chopping it up, talking bets, uh, talking fantasy. So be sure to check that out. But Black Friday, Miami, New York. 10-point spread in favor of the Dolphins on the road. The total is 41. Uh, and we have, the big news here is we have, well, a couple things. Number one, the biggest news is we have Tim Boyle starting for the New York Jets. He is uh, a what, I think, yeah fifth-year veteran who spent most of his time 
backing up Aaron Rodgers, you know, first in Green Bay, and then now here at the Jets. But he did start uh, three games with the Detroit Lions in 2021. He went 0-3. He averaged 5.6 yards in attempt, and he threw six interceptions to only three touchdowns. So not very good. Nope. Not very good is Tim Boyle. But uh, it, this is a game with a luck total of minus three point eight so you know kind of mm-hmm. points towards the towards the under these teams have been kind of scoring a little more than, than you would expect i mean dolphins that's not it's not uh too surprising but <laughs> yeah kind of saw that play out the last few weeks with you know that like dolphins going under against kc dolphins going under against vegas so you know not every game is going to be uh 70 like it was yeah. <laughs> earlier in the year and we also have hn questionable mm-hmm. uh with a knee injury reaggravation, I would be surprised if he goes. Um, he hasn't been officially ruled out. Savon Ahmed has been. He went on IR. So right now, Mostert looks like the lead back uh, with HN TBD and then Jeff Wilson behind him. So a lot of moving yeah. parts for uh, these two offenses. But with that being said, who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, well, I'm going to go with the no-brainer play here. I'm going with Tim Boyle. Uh, just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm going, I mean, this this is kind of a semi-contrarian play here, but I, I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle uh, in the captain slot. Uh, he's been pretty quiet lately, uh, but he was he was dealing with a pretty bad back injury uh, back in week seven. Um, that could have lingered. He, he was obviously playing through it. You know, he saw his snaps take a hit, uh, try and play through it. Uh, but then they had the the buy, and you know he returned to a eighty eight percent routes run rate uh, following the buy. So I, I think he's much much closer to hundred percent now. Um, didn't have a big game, so he, he's been pretty quiet the past few weeks. So uh, he always carries enough upside to consider in the captain slot. And I think in this situation, he could be overlooked. Um, it, it is a tougher matchup uh, against the Jets, but I mean we can't get too picky in the one game slate. Uh, so I think using him in the captain slot is pretty good leverage against Tyreek Hill, who obviously I like, but uh, he's a little banged up right now himself. So I think this is a spot. uh, I'll go a little bit under the radar here by going with Waddle in my captain slot. I thought you were, I thought you were probably going to go Brees Hall, but he's been, he's been really tough to trust because, you know, I I talked about this before the season is if he doesn't break a big run and he, luckily he saved the, his fantasy day last week with the, with the work in the receiving game. And I think that's what he'll have to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of weeks going forward, but um, yeah, no, I like the Waddle as a contrarian play because we know the Jets have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Yeah. Uh, we know the Jets are one of the best teams against wide receivers, but I, I still like Tyreek in the captain spot because I think it's, I think there's, the, I think the next best option is probably one of the running backs, but we don't, as we record this, we don't mm-hmm. know for sure that HN is going to be out. If, if so, you know, most of it would be a slam dunk. Um, if HN's in, then I think he's he's in play there. But uh, Tyreek, you know, he's matchup proof at this point. And this is yeah. a slate where this Jet offense is so bad, and they're starting to play, you know, a lot of newer, younger guys too. So that you don't really need to worry about salary uh, in, mm-hmm. in in a captain spot. So Tyreek is going to be my play. Uh, the Jets did allow Stephon Diggs to go ten for one hundred two and a touchdown. C. Lamb to go eleven for one forty three. Keenan Allen eight for seventy seven. 
Devontae Adams, 6 for 86. And these are all games with Sauce Gardner in. I, I think he missed one yeah. when A.J. Brown AJ Brown went off. Um, but I'm not, not, not going to include that. But just to show that uh, the Jets have given up uh, some big production to other, you know, number one alpha type receivers. We know what Tyreek has done. I mean, at this point, it's kind of silly to even even talk about the the numbers because it's just every week it's just hundred <laughs> yards and yeah. probably a touchdown. He's got he scored in eight of his ten games. He scored at least one touchdown and he has hundred twelve or more yards in six of ten games. His season low is forty yards and in that game he scored a touchdown. So um, this guy. Super high ceiling, but also uh, one of the highest floors in in the game, if not the highest. So going with Tyreek. Uh, value, we like. Uh, I, I will go with Brees Hall here. Um, and, you know, Zach Wilson isn't very good, but neither is Tim Boyle. Uh, the, the Jets will probably try to lean on the run game as much as they can and their defense uh, to keep them in this. Um, and, you know, Boyle probably maybe a little bit more willing to check it down uh, to his running back. He, he's definitely not a scrambler, but sometimes Wilson will scramble around, get yards himself or, you know, throw a pick six or something. So, you know, it, it makes sense to dump it off to Hall, especially since, you know, you mentioned it. He, he's been kind of disappointing, uh, especially as a runner lately, but he's been having a lot of big production um, as a pass catcher. So I could see them, you know, trying to get him even more involved uh, and, you know, design screen passes, things like that. And he he certainly has enough big playability to finally break out with a long run or two. So um, in terms of value play, I think he's great. And yeah, if you want to go even more contrarian in the captain slot, I think he's worth it. He still has a massive ceiling. Um, so yeah, I, I think Brees Hall is an excellent value play here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they're going to have to be designed because Miami is one of those teams. They play a lot of man coverage, uh, which and, you know, they, they they will blitz as well. So it's it's hard for just like the, your normal everyday running back to get a lot of targets against them. Uh, but, you know, Brees Hall, he's going to get things designed for him. So it uh, shouldn't be an issue. But Miami is allowing the fewest receptions to backs. So that's something to... Mm. to keep in mind but uh, you know again like when you're when you're a guy like Brees, you're getting the designed stuff that that's going to kind of offset yeah. uh that but something to keep in mind uh for me i'm going mostert uh, at this point you know whether or not achan plays i think mostert is a good value i i, I would doubt that achan would get a full workload on a short mm-hmm. week at, with him being banged up with a knee injury so uh mostert probably will still be the goal line back, probably still be the 1A uh, regardless, kind of like when A-Chan first uh, came on the scene. And the Jets are allowing the eighth most rushing yards to opposing backfields, the fifth most receiving yards to opposing backfields. So really the way to attack the Jets uh, is on the ground. I still think Tyreek Hill gets his, obviously, but uh, you know, coming into this game, I do think the Dolphins are going to have to look to attack on the ground. So Raheem Mostert is going to lead that charge. So like him as a value. Uh, who do you like for dart throws? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay. I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm scraping at the bottom of the barrel here. Uh, this will make up for my Zach Charbonnet dart throw, but um, I'm going <laughs> Jeremy Ruckert here. Jeremy Ruckert, uh, you know, he overtook CJ Uzoma as, as the number yep. two tight end on the Jets. I mean, not 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 a great <laughs> role to be in, but still, it's it's something. And the Jets do look like they're, they're starting to go with the younger guys uh, in what's yep. a lost season. I mean, there's a chance Rodgers can return later on, but that 
seems like a pipe dream at this point. Uh, and that's why, you know, Randall Cobbs have been a healthy scratch for so many weeks now is they're just going with these younger guys. And, you know, Ruckert was a third round pick last year. Um, you know, he had a 38% routes run rate last week. Cash in with a pretty solid three catch, 25 yard game. Um, it, maybe he's one of those guys that he, he's been working with Tim Boyle on the second team enough that they have really good chemistry. I mean, Chad Millman made a great point on this on Convince Me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think Boyle and Ruckert probably already have that chemistry going for them. So with the extra playing time, and he, he does have the talent to be a decent pass catching tight end. I think he's definitely worth a dart throw on this on this slate. Yeah, I mean, every jet is a dart throw pretty much. Like even if even yeah. Garrett Wilson <laughs> feels like a dart throw in the, yeah. on this slate. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I noticed that too, and I kind of I got wind of that. You know, even heading into last game. Um, so like, I, I, I just kind of projected all the receivers pretty equal in terms of their, their <laughs> routes. Cause like, I didn't know, I, I knew something was going to change. I just didn't know what, um, but yeah, it looks like Lazard got, uh, you know, he's playing less snaps. Uzoma, as you mentioned, playing less snaps, uh, and they, they let go of Michael Carter. So a lot uh, yeah. of, a lot of new faces. So that, that gives us some opportunity here, uh, on the jet side and, I mean, who knows? You know, it could be a blowout, you know, so you could get these guys just catching balls against prevent defenses anyway. But I think Xavier Gibson is interesting. He ran a, around an 87% of his, uh, the dropbacks last week, which is a career high for him. And the Miami slot cornerback, Cater Kohu, has allowed a team high 62 targets, 52 catches, 568 yards, and four touchdowns uh, per PFF. And those 52 receptions are actually tied for the league high allowed by a cornerback. So, uh, you know, you got Ramsey. I think I think Ramsey escaped. I know he landed hard on that interception. I think he escaped without serious injury, if I'm uh, correct. Oh. I haven't seen anything about that. But, you know, that would give them Ramsey and Howard on the outside. So you would think that Boyle would probably be looking to target the slot here with Gibson, who's been, you know, primarily a slot receiver. And then – one other guy I'll mention because I, I think one of the reasons they uh, moved on from Michael Carter, well, well, really the reason they moved on from Michael Carter was to give their rookie Israel Abanaconda some playing time, fifth rounder out of pit, 97th percentile burst score uh, per player profiler. So uh, we know he has some juice. I like the way he looked in the preseason, got a, a ton of work in the preseason uh, and acquitted himself fairly well, can run, can catch. So in his debut, he had one carry for 11 yards and uh, two targets, one catch, five yards. So three opportunities on 10 snaps in his debut, not too bad. I think he's his usage is probably only going up from here. He did run around about uh, just under 25% of the dropbacks in his debut. So I think that's a, a promising sign uh, just going forward for him because he's one of those guys – not quite like a Keaton Mitchell, but mm. um, a guy that he he can I think he can produce on relatively you know a small workload you know to start off, and that will kind of get everyone's attention. So definitely want to get uh, invest in him before that ends up happening. So I think you know he's his workload is only going up with the Jets really just you know taking a look at anyone that can yeah. potentially give him a spark and all their young guys. So is he is he a Bonaconda and and uh, Xavier Gibson for me. Yeah, I love the Abanaconda call. I mean, he was amazing in the preseason. I was disappointed when they signed Dalvin Cook because 
he should have been the the number two back. Um, but yeah, like you have to wonder if if they're you know starting to move on to next year and evaluating if maybe they want to um, ease up on Brees Hall. Like why why give him massive workloads? You want him healthy next year, um, so give Ibanakanda some more work uh, would definitely make sense too. And he has the juice, like you said, just five to ten touches he could easily go off uh, with that kind of workload. So uh, he's definitely someone to watch going forward. Yeah, Brees Hall. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Brees Hall's game logs now. So he had he had the 127 yard game rushing in Week One. He had 177 against the Broncos, and then his next highest is 56. And he has six games below 40 rushing. So it's it's been a struggle. My, the whole line's been terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> good point. But um, is my would I take uh like under 900 rushing yards? Is that back in play? Is this kind of like Cam Akers, where I thought it was dead in the water? Um, but might, I mean, might hit now, or it's, it's probably toast. It's probably favored to hit now. It's he's at, oh, really? he's at he's at five forty four, <laughs> and he's got seven oh, games. Yes, yeah, so that's it'd be it'd be close. He's got to play but them all. Yeah, you just gotta hope he doesn't have like one of those, uh, like another one of those big, you know, oh, hundred no. plus yard game. But even I mean, yeah. like you said, who knows what they'll do with the workload? You know, maybe they'll use him more in the receiving game and wait. I mean, it just like running him, they're just running him into a wall. I mean, they they could just use Dalvin <laughs> Cook for all that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> true. Know, at this point, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go to the Ravens at the Chargers. The Ravens are favored by three and a half. The total is 47. Uh, luck wow. rankings. We got the Ravens uh, as the, they're 24. So they've been relatively unlucky. Chargers are middle of the pack. Uh, who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, I, I got to go with Keenan Allen here. Uh, just because he's he's essentially the Chargers passing offense right now. Um, and despite having a really rough game for Keenan Allen, I mean, he... He dropped a wide open touchdown, wide open. Uh, I, I think the sun was in his eyes. But despite the rough game, he still went for 10 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, Justin Herbert's having to throw to uh, Dal Param, who I like, and Stone Smart. Um, and Quentin Johnson, again, just he's not ready uh, to be the number two receiver. So it's just, it's just leading more to more targets to Keenan Allen. I didn't even know if it was possible, but... Um, he just has such a high four ceiling combo right now that uh, I, I got to use him in the captain slot here, despite the tough matchup, obviously. 
I mean, it actually is better when they have a tough matchup because that's when Keaton Allen needs to catch 15 for 180. <laughs> and he'll still do of, it. Instead of like nine for 96, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, it doesn't matter who's covering him. He gets wide open or not wide open, but he gets separation and open no matter what. So that's kind of why he gets a ton of targets. But uh, it, it is a tough matchup. But yeah, like you said, he, he's still going to get a ton of targets either way. Yeah. Uh, captain for me, it, it's between Gus and Lamar, uh, I think, because, mm. you know, Gus has been kind of stealing all the touchdowns from Lamar. But I'll go with Lamar here because this Charger pass defense giving up the most passing yards per game to opposing uh quarterbacks whereas the charger run defense has been fairly solid i know we're used to it being terrible but they're allowing just four yards of carry uh this year uh, they are giving up some volume but uh, i think at some point gus edwards is going to stop having multi multi-touchdown games and this could be the game and I, I think lamar you know he's he could run they're the fifth most man heavy defense are the chargers so usually have some opportunities to run uh, when you're facing a lot of man coverage. And I also like the fact that, you know, without Mark Andrews here, it's a little more spread out in terms of the different receivers he could target. So, you know, from our, it's kind of like, I, I, t- I think it was jobs I had in the captain spot again in that Minnesota game, where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if he runs in a touchdown, it's actually perfect. Same thing with Lamar here. If he runs in a touchdown, you know, you might, he might be the highest scoring player, and then you could still stack him, but it's just do it in reverse with, you know, a bunch of guys not yeah. in the captain spot. Um, and you could still make the salaries work, especially without Andrews now, who is always going to be the second most expensive Raven. So like Lamar in the captain spot, the Chargers have already allowed five games of 322 or more passing yards and multiple passing touchdowns. And on top of that, they're tied for the most rushing touchdowns allowed to quarterbacks with four. So mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a, a great matchup for Lamar, which means Gus Edwards will have seven touchdowns. But <laughs> on course. the off chance that he doesn't, I uh, love the matchup for Lamar, who's, who is playing, I think, you know, in this Munkin offense, you know, playing quarterback more than he ever has in that, in that Roman offense. So uh, this could be another big blow-up spot for, for him. Uh, who do you like for value? I like Isaiah Likely here um, because, you know, he's, he's going to have to step up as the, the Mark Andrews uh, replacement and he's been treated essentially as the the one for one replacement in the past and last week after Andrews went down um obviously he's not as good as Mark Andrews but he's still one of the best backup tight ends in the league um and the three games last year were likely uh had to you know replace Andrews he posted um some massive lines he had a six catch game for 77 yards and a touchdown uh one catch for a 24 yard touchdown and an eight catch game for 103 yards uh, towards the end of the season. So uh, I like using him. And he's a sneaky play in the captain slot. Um, he's one of those guys that has like a really massive ceiling. Uh, so I like using him in the captain slot in some spots as well. Yeah, especially if like, you know, because if using the Raven receivers in a captain spot, that that actually is, I think it makes sense if you, you, you obviously fade Lamar in the captain spot. Maybe you fade Lamar and you play like, okay, Gus Edwards gets one touchdown. A receiver still goes off, but only one receiver goes off. So, yeah. you know, it's that's the kind of, I think, script that would uh, make sense there. But, yeah, like we should run around about 85 90% of the time now with Andrews yep. out of the pitcher. Uh, I like I like Odell Beckham here. I think, I think he's – 
interesting because I think likely just because he's like the shiny new toy who get like the most roster ship probably of, of all these receivers and Beckham, I mean, Beckham's obviously going to, you know, all these receivers are going to uh, get ownership, but Beckham, I think, you know, he's been up and down. He had the 116 yards last game, but the Chargers, if they continue playing man coverage at a high rate, Beckham's averaging 2.8 yards a route against man coverage. And uh, over the last three games, he's averaging 71 yards. He scored in two, uh, two out of three. So uh, he has, he's starting to be used a little bit more like the old uh, Odell. And we know Lamar has the arm talent to hit him down the field, just like uh, Matthew Stafford did, but he wasn't really being used on a lot of the deep routes with Stafford. He was mostly underneath stuff. So now he's starting to be used a little more down the field, especially against man coverage. So I uh, like the upside with, uh, with OBJ. Uh, where are we going for dart throws? Yeah, so for dart throws, I, I think if if Jalen Guyton does return from his growing injury, uh, I would go with him because he's he's been operating essentially as the number two receiver for the Chargers. Again, Quentin Johnson has a lot of talent, but I, I don't think he's ready to be the number two uh, receiver. Um, and if Guyton's held out again, um, I, I guess Alex Erickson, he, he's actually the guy that operated <laughs> yep. as the number two, number three receiver, which is kind of bizarre. Again, I'm not trying to predict what the coach should do. I'm trying to predict what a coach who's about to be fired has just done. And that was promote Alex Erickson and play him an 83% routes run rate. Uh, only caught one ball for 12 yards, but have to assume he's going to get only better going forward as he gets more chemistry. Um, so he's a guy that we have to make sure he's actually elevated before the game. But if that happens again and Jalen Guyton's out, uh, he's certainly worth a, a dart throw. Yeah, Alex Erickson was pretty much an every snap player uh, for for the Chargers last week. That was uh, that was pretty surprising because they'd been using yeah. you know Darius Davis, Simi Fihoko, uh, and then just yeah they they elevated uh Erickson and not just Erickson also Terrell Terrell Bynum as well so there's they got all types right. of things going on here at wide receiver but you, the play is obviously stone smart I mean come oh. on now yeah <laughs> but uh no but I, he actually is a viable play especially if Everett misses again yeah. then then smart would be nearly 50 percent but my actual dart throw same guy I went with last week who got in the end zone and that's Nelson Aguilar uh this is another spot where a defense that plays uh, a decent amount of man coverage. Aguilar second on the team in receiving mm -hmm. yardage versus man. He's averaging 2.4 yards a route uh, versus man with an average depth of target of just over 14. That's very good. And that's compared to just 0.8 yards per route against zone. So a third of as many yards per route when he goes against zone coverage and his average depth of target drops about three yards as well. So uh, I think he can run it back after a couple quiet games and get back uh, in the end zone or, or bust a big play, but he's consistently been running a route uh, between 40 and 50% uh, of the time. So not, not bad for a guy who's pretty cheap. Yeah, he could, uh, he could get a slight uptick with Andrews out. Um, they already use, 11 personnel at a pretty high rate, yeah. but they like to rotate guys. So with uh, Mark Andrews out, Aguilar could, you know, go over like a 50% routes run rate, uh, just the way they, they mix in the receivers. Yeah, kind of like with Philly and uh, how you saw Julio mm. and yeah. Zacchaeus get a big bump up. And they, you know, didn't really, when they were throwing, they didn't really have tight ends on the field as like totally. even barely half the time. Uh, all right, let's go to Monday Night Football. We got the Bears going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Vikings favored by three and a half, the total 44. Uh, 
luck rankings. The Bears have been pretty unlucky. They are the fourth most unlucky team, and the Vikings have been the 12th luckiest. So a little bit of a a gap here, but uh, I don't know. Any thoughts on on this game? You also have a minus four and a half for the luck total, which is third lowest. So the, the luck rankings are pointing to Chicago and the under. Yeah, yeah, the under is interesting. Um, you know, I went that way with the uh, Bears Lions under last week, and it didn't pan out. Uh, I still think the Bears defense is slightly underrated, um, and it, I, the Vikings—they're kind of interesting because they have a brand new quarterback now and Josh Dobbs, and I, I really like how the offense looks with him under center and the you know his ability to avoid pressure and turn it into a ten-yard run. Um, so. After last week, um, I, I do not want to invest in a Bears under or kind of fade Josh Dobbs at all. So we're we're showing that this has a rating of minus four point five to the under, but I will not be betting on this under. How about you? Nah, yeah. If if, if I was betting any side, I'd probably. I mean, actually, no. I would think about the under because I think the Viking. I think you mentioned the Bears defense being underrated. The Vikings defense is underrated. True. I mean, Brian Flores has taken a defense that was bottom six in pretty much every metric across the board last year this is a uh, one of the top defenses in the league now you know like this defense is you know consistently good they're blitzing they're mixing up their looks so both defenses underrated this might be the week um to go at the end because last week i mean anytime you're taking a, a, a lions indoor under i mean that's just like that's just risky because like you saw like Lions, even when they get down they could just score so easily so mm-hmm. this week a little different uh a uh, little different of a environment. So I, don't, I don't hate the under. Uh, kind of lean yeah. Minnesota though over Chicago, even though Minnesota has been a little luckier. Um, I still lean Minnesota here. I think Minnesota is kind of getting they're just undervalued by the market each and every week. You know, Dobbs has been undervalued for fantasy. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, yeah, that's how I'd kind of uh, attack that one. But who do you like in a captain spot? I'm going DJ Moore here. Uh, he just he gets a massive boost with Justin Fields back. And if you recall, um, back in week 10, I said, you know, he'd be my captain if Justin Fields returns. Uh, instead, it was, you know, Tyson Bajent under center again. And uh, on Green Dot Daily, my three or four bets <laughs> were all tailored to fade Bajent and Moore in that situation. So that just goes to show how big of a discrepancy I, I think there is when Fields is under center versus Bajent. But uh, Moore, again, he had a massive game with Fields under center last week. Seven catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so that's now four straight games with at least 100 yards and or a touchdown with Fields under center. So Fields, you know, you mentioned that he he's willing to throw the ball downfield to Moore specifically. So it just unlocks his ceiling. Um, so in, in fantasy, he's my wide receiver 12 to open the week. Uh, so in this spot, uh, I definitely like going with DJ Moore in the captain slot. Yeah, I like more uh like Justin Fields as well. I think he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's kind of the guy where you know, even if Moore doesn't hit for some reason, Fields you still have a avenue for Fields to hit because of the rushing ability. He ran 8 times for 46 yards despite playing just 53% of the snaps against the Vikings in week 5 and you know, they're going to they're going to throw a lot of looks at him. They're going to blitz him and you know, probably confuse him a, a ton. So I think he is going to have to take off a ton, but that that's that works out great for fantasy. So uh, like Justin Fields uh, in the captain spot, and they're not if Justin Jefferson doesn't return, which it looks like he's going to 
sit another week. Uh, you know, there's not a mm-hmm. ton of options really in, in terms of the captains. But I mean, I think you have to consider both Viking running backs too. And not, it's not even a great oh. matchup for them, but uh, yeah. you know, Ty Chandler and Alex Alexander Madison both, you know, could see 15 plus touches uh, or at least one of them probably will. And uh, you know, in a game like this, I, you know, there's, if, if more doesn't hit and fields has like an okay game, but doesn't, maybe doesn't rush in it, run in a touchdown. Uh, it's it's going to be wide open. I mean, it could be a yeah. Josh Dobbs. It could be Hawkinson. It could be Addison's. So there's just, there's no like, um, there's no slam dunk here. So this is one where I'm probably going to have a lot of different uh, configurations because I think it is, I think it's a little more wide open than most slates where some slates you just see like, okay, Ty- there's a <laughs> pr- there's like a pretty good chance like Tyreek Hill is going to be a yeah. top two scorer on this slate. Where here it's, I, Fields and more, I think, are the projected highest scores along with, uh, I guess it would be Hawkinson. Well, no, I guess it would be Dobbs and then Hawkinson and then Addison or maybe Addison and then Hawkinson. But no one really, it's, there's no slam dunk is my point. So yep. like Fields, but uh, don't mind mixing it up with all the guys I just mentioned. Uh, what, do you, what do you think for value? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Addison here, just assuming – Jefferson's out again, which I think is a fair assumption right now. Uh, just a good spot to potentially buy low on Addison. Um, he hasn't really done too much the past couple weeks uh, with, with Dobbs under center. And, you know, this is a matchup where the, the Bears certainly have a pass funnel defense. Um, you know, they rank 27th in DVOA against the pass, uh, 11th against the run. Um, you know, the, the chemistry between Addison and Dobbs will only get better. Uh, I think Addison's a really sharp route runner, so... Uh, maybe having some more time with Dobbs, you know, get them more you know, on the same page. And he hasn't scored a touchdown three games. To be honest, he was due for some touchdown regression. Um, but he's still, he's always a good bet on talent. So he has that big playability, could find the end zone again here. Um, and like you mentioned, th- this slate, there's a bunch of options for the captain slot. Addison is certainly one of the, the people on my short list as well. Um, but just in terms of just overall value, uh, he's got to be one of my favorite plays here. Yeah, and he did score against Chicago. Didn't have much, many yards, but uh, I think it was on mm. 28 yards, but he did score against Chicago in the first meeting. Uh, I'm going to go with Ty Chandler here. I don't, I, think he, I don't think he is, you know, in terms of a projection, like the best value, but I think he's the best value when you take into account, um, you know, projected roster shit because there's got like there's so many guys that I think Chandler being the he still was behind Madison in terms of snaps uh he might not see as much ownership as he should but there's a chance he could I mean we say this we said this with acres and it didn't happen but there is a chance he could uh overtake Madison at any given time last yeah. week he had 14 touches for 110 scrimmage yards so you know he outproduced Madison on fewer Touches four catches for 37 yards last game out of the backfield. And uh, Chicago's allowing the most receiving yards to running backs. So this could, Chandler has been playing more on pass, on pass snaps and, you know, not blocking. I don't think blocking is his strength. So when he's in the game on pass snaps, it is to, you know, run around and be a, a check down option for Josh Dobbs. So I think the matchup makes it pretty interesting uh, for for Chandler here, but yeah, I mean, you got so many other guys like Hawkinson, Addison, Cole Komet, DJ Moore, both quarterbacks. So, you know, and then Madison is technically the starter. Then you got, you know, you might have Khalil Herbert 
if, if Foreman's out back in the lead role. So, so many options that I think Chandler still might get a little lost in the mix, even though he's coming off a big game in prime time. So uh, I like him for uh mid range value play. Yeah. I, I think he's sneaky. And I, I was watching that game from the context of ha- having his over uh, on his longest run. And of course it came on the punt play. I think they can get better just how they use him in the offense. He's, He's a speedster. He's like lightning to Madison's thunder. And they just, they were giving him Madison plays, running him up the gut. Uh, Just terrible play calling. And I think they could, like, Dobbs is a threat to run. They could leverage that and get Chandler the outside and he could pop up a big run. Hopefully they can figure something out. But I just didn't like the the running scheme they had him in. They were just giving him Madison plays. But he has a ton of upside. He's one of the fastest running backs in the league, I think. Um, so if he gets space to run, he could definitely break a big one. So he doesn't even need that many touches, honestly, uh, to have a big game. So I, I do like him here as well. What about for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, I'm I'm going with Equimanius St. Brown here. Uh, <laughs> and to be honest, the most likely outcome is one catch for 12 yards and no touchdowns. Uh, but, you know, he he's seen some pretty solid usage since his – uh, returned two weeks ago, you know, running right around a 35 to 40% routes run rate. Uh, he, he's been eating in a Tyler Scott and even Darnell Mooney's usage. This is more of an indictment for Mooney than anything. Um, so it's it's kind of a three-way committee behind DJ Moore right now. Um, and, you know, St. Brown's the kind of guy where you, you just want to sprinkle him in on the one game slate. There's a chance he gets a cheap touchdown here or maybe just catches a few passes, which for this slate would be more than enough. Um, so I like him, but th- this is a slate where you probably don't have to go too cheap uh, on too many guys. So I would just have a few lineups with him, but he- he's a guy that sticks out as somebody that might be a little under rostered here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cause I, I'm going with uh, Tyler Scott who him and you mentioned it, they're pretty much splitting that number three role, both running around about 35, 40% of the time, as you said, but I, I did notice something interesting with Scott over the last four games in particular. He's being used almost exclusively as a deep threat now. Mm-hmm. Uh, his average depth of target over his last four games is just under 20 yards, and it's been at least 15 in each of those games. Obviously, we remember that uh, near miss at the end of that Lions game last week that could have probably iced it for Chicago. So, uh, you know, at some point, him and Fields are going to connect on one of those. And I always love when you have like a cheap, uh, big play threat because yep. <laughs> not only is that going to get you points that a lot of people aren't going to have access to because those guys are dark throws, so they're all going to be pretty low rostered compared to studs. But also, if you have, let's say, a 70-yard pass play, that takes away, you know, five catches and 70 yards if they were to drive down the field, you know, the other way and do it. Or, you know, it takes away some rushing attempts. So, uh, I like the leverage it gives you to have a guy like Tyra Scott who hasn't really connected on one yet, but is seeing those those deep targets and now has a quarterback back, you know, b- behind center that can actually uh, connect on those. Because I'm I think a couple of those games were with Bajan where he was being used as a deep yep. and that's like you said, it's <laughs> not really not really optimal uh, for for a receiver. So uh, yeah, Tyra Scott for me. Uh, yeah, right. that's uh, yeah. I, I think Justin Fields returning helps him. Uh, Tyson Bajan, I can confirm, has the lowest A dot on both PFF and Next Gen stats right now. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so both sides are they have different numbers, but both agree that he has the lowest depth of target on the season from qualified quarterbacks. So yeah, Tyler Scott's going to benefit from uh, Justin Fields uh, being back. Yeah, 
and maybe he'll catch a pass one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day. But uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for us here. Be sure to check out the full list of luck rankings uh, over on actionnetwork.com, where you can also find all of our NFL fantasy and betting content. Our full player projections episode is out right now on the Action Network podcast channel. Our fantasy preview episode is right here on this channel. That's where we preview the Thanksgiving slate and the main slate. Don't forget to join the Action Network Discord as well. Again, link in the episode description. You can find Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles. On a free award-winning Action Network app. Happy Thanksgiving. Let's get this money and let's give it to. I'll tell you, Pat, this stuff is looking good and smelling good and tasting good. We got to dig in and start eating now. It is good, but you got to hurry because it's getting close to game time. And we just like to say happy Thanksgiving to you guys back in the studio. Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.